Well, I, I mean, I think you always have to judge the audience and, and, and change your style to make sure that ultimately your message gets across and is resonated. Um, but, but I would say that in most cases, it's probably better to be, to err on the side of being direct than, than indirect. Welcome to 33 Tangents, a roundtable discussion covering a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Your hosts, Jason Thompson, John Moran, Jen Coons, and myself, Jim Driscoll, all live in different areas of the world, but work together in the same company. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. So, Jason, we have a new member of our uh, rotating panel of guests with us today. Yes, excited to have uh, have Bryant join us. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really good. So, Bryant recently joined Thirty Three Sticks as a principal analyst, and almost how long? How long? Of, how long ago was that? It, with or without the vacation? Aha! <laughs> yeah, come on, come on. <laughs> That's how it's supposed to go. That's what I was told. When you uh, you switch companies, you're supposed to take a whole bunch of vacation right when you get started. Um, yeah. But yeah, as far as the official date, um, accepted in April and started right at the beginning of May. That's gone by quickly. Hurt or it has? Yeah. So, Definitely excited to have him on board. Yeah, yeah, and I know, you know, Brian, you were uh, chomping at the bit to, to join us on one of these, so like we were saying just before we started recording, you know, one of the goals with this podcast was to have something uh, not overly produced, you know, just enough production to polish it up a bit, but really make it just a general conversation that kind of can go in multiple different directions, so yeah, that, that's, uh, you know, we're, we're happy to have you on today, and, you know, why don't we go ahead and dig in? Um so I, other than Jason, so this, the, today's conversation, I want to have it based on a tweet that you put out a couple of weeks ago, uh, the minute I saw, or no, it was a LinkedIn post, not a tweet. And I grabbed it right away to, to save it for, for a conversation. Um, yeah, so I was, I was, I was reading it. I was reading the show prep notes and I'm like, this sounds really familiar. I'm like, wait, I think I wrote that at some point in time. Yes. And so that's really all I have in the show prep notes. Like, really, it was like, let's use this as a catalyst for a conversation. So um, let me quick read the post, and then I've got a couple questions to kind of kick us off here. So what you post on LinkedIn was, and I quote, I see a pretty consistent lack of transparency and honesty in business. Perhaps it's because I'm exposed to it in, uh, more on the sales side, where there's a lot of hidden meaning to the words being used, but it does seem to permeate all levels of corporate. It's like we have been groomed to be more agreeable rather than to be openly honest in certain situations. Uh, some, some examples you list are, I hope we can work together again, actually equals bye, sorry, we, we are really busy right now. Um, no, this could lead to a lot more work in the future, really means, you know, can you do some work for free for us? You know, so you, you wrap it up by saying, wouldn't it just be much cleaner and easier and lead to more meaningful relationships to say what we mean? 
Um, so, so that's what you had posted. Uh, so I really wanted to dig into that today. So the first thing to really get us started is, is you know, what was the catalyst for that? Like, was there a specific event or is it something that was building over time? I, I think me, it's per- me joining the team, right? That, that was probably part of yeah. it. Um, no, I mean, I, I think with most things that I, I post, it's it's a list of things that build over time. And I kind of journal and keep track of of things that, that work well and things that bother me. And there tends to be some kind of catalyst that tips me over and say, okay, this is what I'm going to write about today. And it usually isn't a big event. It's, you know, I, it's kind of built up to it. Uh, I've tried to be sensitive about it and not post when there's some kind of larger event that happens because inevitably I get a couple people that reach out to me and say, wait a minute, was that post about me? <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want people to feel like I'm, I'm necessarily calling them, them out. So I try not to post if there's any kind of large event or, or thing that, thing that happens. It's, it's really just kind of a, uh, a slow build of, of ideas and thoughts and frustrations that I've I've had. I'm trying to mute all my stuff because I have way too many alerts going on. Sorry, I'm trying to be I'm trying to be quick on the mute button so you don't hear all my like alerts going off. So it, it wasn't one thing in in particular then. It, it was pretty much. Oh, I'm sure it was. I'm I'm sure there was something that happened um, that that caused it to push over, but. Um, I, nothing that I can directly recall. Uh, as I mentioned, I, you know, I'm involved pretty heavily in our in our sales process at 33 Sticks, and the sales process is an interesting beast in and of itself, and something that I I have no formal training in. I've never done sales in any kind of formal or really informal capacity um, at any other point in in my career. And so, you know, this is all new to me and, and part of the game of how it works was was somewhat of a shock um, and something I didn't really enjoy the, the process of very much. And uh, there's just a lot of kind of dancing that happens in the sales process and I and I just constantly think there has to be a more efficient way to, to go about this. And, and I guess that's kind of what this, this conversation is, is going to be about is that are, are those kind of dances necessary? And Brian and I, I think, have had some of these conversations as well. Um, even last week, we, we kind of touched on it a bit. Um, it's like, is this necessary or can there just be a cleaner way of getting to the point of what we all are trying to accomplish? I, I would like that, but maybe that's unrealistic. Yeah, it does remind me of a lot of things that we've been kind of going through with some of the things here um, at 33 Sticks. And um, what I found um, both here and in previous areas is that you you kind of get the more direct conversations um, with those that are most, like the closest to what it is you're actually talking about. And oftentimes when you're, when you're in a sales cycle, you're dealing with people that um, might be one, two, or even three parts removed from the actual project, and so it ends up being um, a lot of a lot of translation and a lot of um, just trying to understand what common terms to us mean to them, and then being able to decipher that and and go back and forth. Like um, I haven't yet had too many experiences or, or anything really that comes to mind where I feel like somebody was overtly deceitful or disingenuous 
um, during a sales process. I've had that post sale when I've I've been working with clients, and and that's you know maybe a topic for another another podcast would be how to deal with um, you know uh, kind of tricky situations with uh, with clients, partners, and or vendors. Um, but but within the sales cycle, I haven't found someone to be overtly or, or intentionally disingenuous. Yeah, and, and I definitely don't want this conversation to be just limited to, to the sales process. It, it's what I think um, pushed me to, to talk about it. But it, again, I think this permeates all levels of, of corporate is that we've, we've kind of got these different languages that we, we communicate in and, and whether it's sales and whether it's uh, boss to employee, whether it's um, consultant to to client um, partners, I, I, you know, I, th- I think to some degree, we can all think about scenarios where there's not a lot of clarity in our conversation. And again, I, I'm open to that being a necessary part of, of what business is just in my mind where I like simplicity and just getting to the point and not to be a jerk about it. I think that my, my communication hopefully is, is very respectful and constructive and not just being blunt and to the point to be blunt and to the point, but just more wanting to cut through all of the nonsense and noise to get to something that ultimately I think we're, we're all trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that, one of the reasons this post resonated with me was it, it's more of a general conversation that my wife and I have, have all the time, just watching just, you know, various scenarios just in, in life in general. People seem to, more time than I can you know, ever recognize, people seem to self-censor more, you know, in the efforts of trying to be polite, you know, under the guise of being polite. So they, they, they don't necessarily tell you the, the full open and honest feelings. And I'm not t- talking about being a dick, right? I'm not talking about purposely being mean. It's they go the complete other direction and try to overly smooth over a conversation. So to play devil's advocate here, do you think the, these people are again like doing the same kind of thing specifically in, in their work life, to like going from say one extreme to the other extreme now, which is you know trying to be overly polite and keep feelings in you know in account? I I mean that may be part of it. I I don't know. I think honestly part of it people don't want to have maybe tough conversations um, and. And, and I guess that's why it's so apparent in the sales process is that, you know, that that's a difficult conversation for, for lots of people. And I, I'm going to pull up, what did I say? I said, um, I hope we can work together again. You know, it's, it's, it's hard when you've had uh, a partnership and the people on the ground have really enjoyed working with each other and they've, they've created a bond, but there's higher levels, there's budget approvals, there's maybe shrinking budgets and there's things that may be out of their control. And while what they really mean is, you know, we're probably not going to work together in the their near future. Um, it's that's a difficult conversation for them to have. Maybe they don't fully control all of the variables in play there. But ultimately, you know, they don't want to they don't want to make someone feel bad or, or mad with, you know, someone they've had a good relationship with over a, a project or an employment term or what have you. Well, is that potentially, you know, what we always heard from our parents growing up, don't burn bridges? Um, you know, maybe maybe it wasn't a positive experience. And instead of instead of being 
confrontational about it. You know, maybe it's not a lack or an avoidance of confrontation, but simply a different way that they're messaging um, with with you to stay in touch potentially as things change in the future. Yeah, and and again, I think that is the case. Um, you know, I, I I think that 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 is absolutely what they're they're trying to message. And in my mind, I don't I don't see it as burning bridges to have just have that clarity of conversation. But maybe my perspective is is unrealistic, and maybe most people don't don't think that way. I actually need to. I think I have it on my shelf. I need to go back and reread Crucial Conversations. Did either one of you read that series of, of books or one of the books in that series? I have not. I haven't even heard of it. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that maybe that shows my my age. At at one point in time, uh, back at the Novell, there was a a list of books for those of us that had a uh, a vision of moving into management one day that we were asked to read, and I think Good to Great was on there. I think um, there's a series of two or three books in. Um, this line around having tough conversations. It's called crucial conversations. Uh, and, and I want to say that that part of that was just being, having a lot of intentionality in, in what you're communicating and not, and not dancing around, um, the subject or, or, uh, deflating it by, by using different wording. Um, but I, I, I completely respect the point that, that you bring Brian is that, um, they, they really do see a potential, you know, whatever future, and they're not really being as um, clear cut as as maybe I would like the situation to be. I just think that there can be a little bit more balance from having these very smoothed over conversations and just being a little bit more I, honest isn't the right word, just a little bit more transparent in the current state of things. Maybe more direct is what you're looking for and more... Direct's a good uh, word. You know, cutting out any of the filler there. It's, so, it is, what... It is funny though, like, you, you just made me think, though, like, is as you're talking about books that you read or whatever, and, you know, a lot of people that, that we work with in the, in the industry or in the field have gone through very formal education, right, and, and gone through business school. And, and um, I don't remember having a class to learn this language, but it seems a lot of people that have gone through the formal training, so to speak, through university and academics do speak the language. Yeah. It, it, and it's, maybe it's just on the job learning. Yeah, I don't think there's, I can't recall any formal coursework either, but it seems like, as I put in my post, we're kind of groomed for it. Um, right. And you know, whether that's through direct management, um, grooming, or we're just picking up on what we're seeing um, those around us do. And we think, okay, well, those people are in a position that I want to be in. Maybe I should replicate the way that they are talking and approaching things. I, I, I don't know. Um, it's, uh, it'd be interesting to kind of dissect that and figure out where ultimately it's uh, it's coming from with, with that said, I think most managers are, are pretty bad. Um, and not because they don't have a lot of great skills. It's actually a company problem, honestly. Um, and this is probably a different episode. And I say, I say that two or three times every time we record. So I'm going to be sensitive to not say that, that too much, but you know, we, we promote really, really smart people and think, you know, uh, this person was an amazing individual contributor. So the natural path is obviously to promote them into management 
go manage and we don't give them any training or any mentoring and we think you know what just just make it happen and and so what they end up doing is just replicating what they've seen now if they're in a great environment then that's awesome but if they're replicating bad ways of of managing that's that's just not ideal i'm i'm interested so you you come from um, a, a strong management background in your career. I'm, I'm interested, I don't want to out you in your personal style, but the style that you've had or maybe you've seen others had when it comes, you know, we've talked sales process. Have you seen this play out in the, in the manager-employee relationship, whether it's through formal feedback or, or otherwise where we've kind of maybe danced around the core topic with some language that softens things when Maybe we should be a little bit more. What was the word you used? Direct. Yeah, yeah, direct. Um, yeah, I do think that there's a lot of a lot of similarity in the manager versus employee or team member um, relationship and communication that can happen there. And and I think and and I saw this a lot in in my various leadership roles in which um, kind of the 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 big difference between a very effective leader, um, and I'm going to specifically talk about when there's maybe performance issues or there's a problem, right? Because I think that's where we we often see, uh, you know, great leaders versus just kind of ineffective leaders really shine. And and what I've seen is that the ones that are are less effective managers or leaders at a company um, avoid that conversation or indirectly have that communication um maybe they'll send out a team email and and you know they're really trying to talk to one person on the team um but they're sending out an entire team email saying hey everybody um let's make sure we get this report done on mondays correctly um you know there's there's been some challenges with the the team in doing so. In reality, we all know it's it's um, it's Bob. Right? So, so, so the, why do we do that? So why yeah, do we do that? Yeah, yeah. And every everybody on the team's like, well, gosh, it's Bob. We know Bob sucks at getting that report done on time. Like, why didn't why didn't he just talk to Bob? And by the way, I don't know a Bob, so you know, we're we're creating uh, a non. We we, we 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 know we know a Bob, and it's definitely not that Bob that we know. Oh, so yeah, it's just yeah. it's just to fill in the blank. Bob Ross, Bob Ross is the Bob I was referencing. But <laughs> um, yeah, and and what I would find is is that would so it, as as a team member, you know, where where I found myself to be a, a high performing team team member, I would always just disregard those emails and say, well, I know I'm doing that right, um, and I'm wondering who they're talking to. Um, when I became a manager and a, and a people leader, um, I avoided sending out group emails or, or things like that, unless there was a group problem um, in which I would have an email about it and then I would address it in a team meeting um, to have the conversation. And so the flip side is then what is a great leader? What do they look like and how do they communicate there? Um, and I had multiple instances in which I had an opportunity to, to coach and mentor some low performing team members that maybe didn't have the right skills in place or had um, had some performance issues or just challenges and it, it my style was always very authentic and one in which i would approach that conversation very openly um, and ask to to get validation from them if they saw the problems as well um, and and actually help bring them to my side of the table so to speak 
to have that conversation. So it's it's a joint effort, and it wasn't just somebody talking down at them and hey, you need to change this, this, and this, but validate it, reaffirm it, talk about ways to to improve and, and move forward. But um, there's some similarities there. But I do feel you know we, we're digressing a little bit from kind of the original. But hopefully that's that's some helpful insight at least. That's the whole structure of this podcast. We're uh, we <laughs> we kind of meander and and. Yeah, I mean, we kind of meander and wander, and there there have been some episodes in the past where we've had one topic, and at the very end, we were like, we recorded a completely different topic than that, and then, and, and that's and that's okay. You know, one of one of our our visions was we wanted this to truly be um, just a snapshot into a group of people sitting around and having a conversation, and one of the. One of the things that I think we, um, Jim and I, have disliked about a lot of the podcasts that are out there is just the overly produced nature, scripted nature of things. And um, if if you spend any amount of time with me, you'll you'll learn that I'm a a huge fan of documentary film, but very very raw, unscripted, very minimal editing um, documentary film. That that to me resonates uh, very heavily with me. And that's kind of what we were trying to replicate with this podcast is, you know, just dropping in and listening to, to people talk about a, a subject and in, and in life, those, those uh, conversations tend to wander and Mm -hmm. that's, that's okay. And that's why sometimes I come in with notes and questions to get a topic started. But, you know, I'm, I'm also kind of curious where, where we end up. Like and that that's the thing going with the overly produced podcasts. You you always feel like you know they, they, they chop the interviews, and I'm not talking about any one in particular, but I feel many out there chop the interviews to get to exactly what they want. It's not just a a, a raw recording, and you know you just kind of end up in, in in a spot. So nope, digress away. I think it it just adds to the the flavor. For sure. So I'm, I'm interested in either one of your opinions or, or both on where, where you've had the opportunity to be a bit more direct in your conversation, the effect it's had on the relationship. Has it strained it or has it given an opportunity to, to build an even stronger, more trust-based relationship? Um, there, there's one that immediately comes to mind because I had a, a, a genuine conversation with a client this morning. So we're, 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 we're ramping up toward the, the, the heavy period and, you know, requests are, are, are flying fast and furious. Plus we have the, the main goals we set out to have, you know, certain things in place by, by September. And requests came in and, uh, like, just Friday was crazy for me. So I just kind of fired off an email and it just sat with me, you know, um, all weekend. I'm like, damn, I hope that didn't come across as like too curt because it was basically me saying no. You know, I, I had to, you know, um, I basically had to say no to a request. It, it, it was definitely out of scope and, you know, I'd like to be able to point them in the other, you know, the right direction. But, you know, the point I was trying to make was, is we'd love to be able to help here, but then this will distract from the items that are in scope for our agreement. The goals that we've set out at the beginning of this year, it, 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 one little thing like this could distract from it. And so I was talking to our main stakeholder this morning and we were going on a couple of things. I said, listen, I just hope it didn't come across as kind of like curtain root. It was just a crazy Friday trying to get stuff out before the end of the week. And I wanted to get an answer back to you. But I, and he's like, no, but we have those kind of conversations where we tell each other no. Or we say, hey, there is a problem. And, I, and with you have to be mature on both sides 
and face criticism and be open to open to discussing ways to make things better and just open in general and over the last few years kind of getting to that point instead of being a people pleaser going in and saying we have a problem here or them coming and saying like hey a couple big mistakes went out the door the last couple weeks um what's going on and trying to get to the bottom of the problem and with those those very genuine conversations i think we've gotten very we, we we've gotten much better um we are able to on the regular just on the fly not even have to say hey could we sit down and have a heart to heart that kind of email like we need to sit down and talk we just we'll call each other and say you know here's what i'm seeing um or even today just you know attempting to fall on the sword and say hey i hope it didn't come across that way i didn't mean it that way and here's what i meant and he's like no i didn't take it that way so it's it, it, it i'm now i'm the one starting to meander and just ramble um <laughs> But no, it, it, that that's actually what I came up, you know, it came to mind right away. Yeah, and so while while you're talking, I'm I pulled up my original post on LinkedIn, and I'm going through some of the comments, and it's interesting to hear several of the words that have already come up in this this episode, um, as far as as why. So one of the comments is management consulting is how they got in this got into practice. Mindless repetition of their use has drawn them into a safe distance communicating to soften the blow or, or uh, preserve whatever positive center remains. And here's the key um, where it's preferred to uh, burning a bridge. So I, I think, um, I think uh, Bryant may have mentioned that there's also some, some posts in here around, you know, I, I wouldn't call those examples dishonest, but they're not very direct. Uh, so it's, it's interesting to see, um, at least, you know, the limited number of, of responses that I got to this post using the same wording that we're using overall, I think there was one person that said, and I don't know if it was, um, in, in tongue in cheek or not saying that being direct is considered blunt and rude. But other than that, everyone else seemed to say communication would be better if it was more direct and to the point. Um, and then listing several of the words that we use for why it's not being used yet. It's so prevalent. You know, we continue to, um, to use this, this style of, of speaking. And again, maybe that's, that's not bad. Um, and, and I'm okay, uh, saying that maybe my expectations are out of alignment and that I need to appreciate part of that, that dance. I'm, I'm totally open to being at that point. I, I don't know. See, I, I would disagree. And again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like, don't be a dick about it. Don't be mean. Don't be rude. But at, at the same time, be a m bit more direct. And I know for me, one of my biggest flaws is sometimes I do dance around things instead of getting straight to the point. And I found when I do get straight to the point, uh, th th things are better. Again, whether it's something that comes in, you know, someone says, hey, can you take a look at this for me? You know, instead of saying, well, um, let me see. And you know, you're just saying, you know, unfortunately, uh, it's not in the scope of our agreement. You know, here's the best place to go to look for that. You know, and then again, that's one specific example. Um, it, it just kind of, okay, we're going to move on and, and get to, to the stuff that we really need to get to. So I've, <clears throat> I've been, I've been listening to both of you and, and you're triggering a whole lot of experiences and thoughts and, and reminding me of things. And I want to, I want to maybe tag onto something you were saying, Jim, about some conversations you were having with a client even this morning. Um, and I, I think that 
a lot of the directness that, that can or can't happen is dependent on maturity. And I'm talking two types of maturity. One is the social maturity or communication maturity of the individuals participating in the conversation, but also the maturity of the relationship. And in a mature relationship, doesn't have to be one over a long amount of time, but it's one that in which there's a mature level of respect to be able to have that conversation. Um, and, and I think if there isn't that maturity there, we often find ourselves dancing around with words to, to maybe make it less, less direct. Um, so it's just a thought I, I had as you were talking through it. The other thing that I, I thought of was um, you know, kind of times in my career in which I have been spoken to very directly, again, not, not somebody, you know, with ill intent, but very directly indicating what they needed. And, and there's a very specific time in which I was working at an ad agency um, and was, you know, was preparing to send um, a deliverable out to a client. Um, I had put in, you know, I'll, I'll admit, you know, I'd probably given it like an 80%. Um, effort and I was under the timeline and I needed to get it out. So I sent it over to the account manager to review, um, which that's that's another topic for conversation. Um, companies that don't do internal reviews before things go to go to in front of clients. Um, that'd be a real, real interesting conversation. But um, I, I needed to send it to them for review because they want to make sure everything was up to the standards. And she came back within minutes and said, this isn't this isn't the standard of work that we put in front of our clients. Um, and my immediate response was, well, you know, gosh, like I, that, that should work. It answers what they need. Um, and she gave some very specific feedback of how to, how to tailor it and make it more in line with their company brand and their messaging. And, you know, I went back and revisited it and gave it 110%. And it was, you know, it was met with um, appreciation and, um, the client definitely had a better experience there, but that directness from that individual who wasn't a direct manager had no, you know, say in anything about my career, but we were part of a cohesive team to try and achieve, you know, a really positive experience for our client, um, wouldn't put up with, you know, 80% effort in that particular case. And, and that was something that stuck to me, stuck with me for a long time. And, and again, kind of back to that maturity level um, and, and the directness, there was there was a level of maturity from from her to tell me that. Um, and it was in the interest of our client and what the needs were there. And so there was a maturity about looking at that that account, um, as well as the maturity of the company to be able to say, we're not going to put that out in front of the, the client. So I think you answered the question I'm going to ask when you said it stuck with you a long time. But as you were sharing that experience, the, the question that came to my mind is, did you ultimately walk away with that as a not only a positive experience, but something that ultimately added to to you being better at what you do, more mature in what you do and, and something that made you a stronger contributor in the long run? Oh, it absolutely um, stuck with me and it shaped a lot of conversations I've had, um, you know, back to, you know, when I was talking about kind of coaching up some, some uh, underperforming team members and things like that, like that, that's one of those experiences that, um, you know, I, I find myself oftentimes not remembering a lot of things, you know, as I, 
whether it be personal or family things, I, I tend to forget a lot of things, but that, that particular instance, like it's, it was galvanized in my, you know, who I am both professionally and personally um, to kind of know, like, am I, am I going to have that level of effort or am I going to have less? And, uh, you know, what, why would I do something less? But it was definitely a real positive thing. And that same level of conversation, I think, could have had a really negative impact um, should I been in a different uh, state of mind or a different, mm. you know, a different level of maturity myself in my career. Um, yeah. I could have let that really spin me out and get ticked off and go to my boss and say, can you believe what so-and-so said? Like, this work is really good and, you know, kind of created a firestorm. But um, in that particular instance, you know, I, I feel like I made the right decision and, and really kind of took it internally and, and made some changes. You know, I think about it. I think about it a lot. Um, I, uh, I, I, I really look up to, uh, to Chef Ramsay. Um, and I, I know a lot of what we see on TV is probably manufactured, but I think at the core of it, uh, a lot of it has to do with his style and, and personality. And we've had a lot of internal meetings where I've used, uh, his framework as a, framework for for discussion and although i i don't think i'm as direct and blunt as him i i don't know jim i maybe i've had some fairly direct feedback and conversations with the team and maybe i need to be a little bit tougher at at times but i i really look up to that model and i think if we're going to do something amazing together and we if we're going to take the company to rarefied air um and bring individuals along with us to to be able to um, participate in that, that, you know, we, we, we really kind of afford to dance around and pretty up some of the conversations. And again, it's not about being a jerk or aggressive or rude. It's about, we're, we're trying to accomplish something really, really hard. You know, business in general is really, really difficult and not being direct and clear in communication doesn't, doesn't help that. Um, and I think if I am able to achieve any level um, of replicating myself after Chef Ramsey, I, I feel pretty happy with what I've been able to to achieve. But I, you know, I think it's you know his style and directness. I think um, has a lot to do with what he's been able to accomplish. You know, Jim and I and some other members of the team uh, we had dinner uh, at Hell's Kitchen in Vegas. Um, nope, earlier. I wasn't there. Oh, Jim wasn't there. I was there. Everybody else was. I missed out. Everyone else was there. Jim wasn't there. So I'm going to share the story because he wasn't there. I wasn't I think there we, I, I think we had a picture of you on a cell phone and put it uh, at one of the bases on the table. So we felt yeah, like I you were there. Yeah, I think that's what we did. Um, you know, I, I kind of was hesitant to, to do it because I'm like, you know what? This is going to be gimmicky. You know, it's the whole Hell's Kitchen thing. It's It's modeled after the layout of the show. You know, it's going to be like going to TGI Fridays in Times Square. It's just going to be so gimmicky and not good. And it was one of the better culinary experiences I've had in my life. I mean, every aspect of how the restaurant was ran, the level of, of the, the the quality of the food, the knowledge of the staff, I, I was like absolutely blown away and, and impressed. And I'm like... There's no way he can do this and scale this across multiple restaurants without being having a high standard and being direct and to the point about maintaining that that standard. 
Sorry, Jim. Now you're wanting me to make up for not having you eat with us at Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but so my my follow up question then is is when is when is direct to direct? Like when you know again, I think what we're starting to come to is you know as far as the conclusion goes, it's better to be direct more often than not. But when when is direct being too direct where it could be counterproductive? Well, I, I mean, I think you always have to judge the audience and 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 change your style to make sure that ultimately your message gets across and is resonated. Um, but but I would say that in most cases it's probably better to be to err on the side of being direct than than indirect uh, because I've seen. Uh, I've seen conversations in the past and ones that I've been the driver of that have ultimately been catastrophic because, you know, I was worried about how my words would be received. So I kind of danced around the issue and kind of prettied it up. And at the end of the call, I'm like, okay, I feel good. You know, at least I didn't, you know, make someone feel bad or cry and I got my point across. But what ended up happening is I thought one thing, the person I was delivering the message to thought something completely different. And we continue to go drift apart. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with this person? I we very clearly had this conversation that something's wrong. But in their mind, they heard, no, everything is great. Because I was scared to be direct. So I don't know how to answer the question, Jim. Um, because I think there are some times where, you know, being overly direct maybe is is harmful. But from my past experiences and screwing this up royally myself in the past, I, I think I'm at a point where I would much rather err on the side of being more direct and then be able to help people understand and ultimately, you know, feel better than being less direct and not getting the message across that needs to get across. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um... When Bryant was talking, I actually thought of a situation um, not similar, but not um, in the case of was in a meeting with an account manager um, on an account I had been working on for a while, uh, but this is a different account manager. I'd never really worked with them in the past, sitting in, in a conference room with them, and he came off like super aggressive. Instead of just asking, like, why aren't we doing this or can we do that? And it was, and I'm not saying dance around, but it was the, why the F aren't we doing this? Why the F is it broken? I'm like, well, first of all, it's not broken. But again, the way he just kind of launched into it uh, in a very accusatory manner, like, I got my back up. And so I'm like, okay, who the F are you? Uh, I'm meeting you for the first time today. Thank you for helping keep our podcast free of the explicit tag. (laughs) No, I mean, in my mind, I'm sitting there across the table from him, like, who the F are you? Um, why are we having this conversation? I have never heard that this was a problem before. And instead of kind of trying to, you know, instead of us trying to find a middle ground and whatnot, it, we, we, we both, like, I mean, I, I we, we never got along. And I think that was, like, the immediate catalyst for why we never got along because it, it was just it. I got my back up and, you know, it was that way for the next couple of years with him. Yeah. 
So I'm, I'm wondering, and, and maybe we take the last few minutes of this episode, one of the things that we, we like to do is hopefully leave our listeners with something tangible that they can walk away with. And, and this conversation, I think, affects everyone. Everyone that is listening to this, I think, is in fact affected one way or another, whether they're receiving communication, whether they're, they're giving it, um, or whether you know the lack of ability to be direct in conversation is holding them back from advancement in, the, in their careers. I, I think this conversation really does impact everybody so you know what can we do to offer advice and and maybe this is turned back on us so you know what what can I do to be a better manager are there are there uh, you know is it about reading books and coming up with techniques is it about courses to Brian's point it's not like you know we've ever formally been been taught these things or is it more about just sitting down with mutual respect for each other and saying you know, here's what we'd like to solve for. And, you know, I want to be more direct. Can we, can we have, can we build that into our relationship? You, what do we want people to walk away with as far as what they can do to help be better communicators? Mm-hmm. I mean, for, for me, I, I kind of try, I, I start with keeping it simple and the no a-holes rule, <laughs> right? You know, and, and when, you know, when, when it comes to that is don't be one yourself. Um, be direct, be to the point, but also just make sure you're not being a jerk about it. But then to your point is, you know, it's great to read books. Um, I I try to keep up on key things. You know, I don't read every book that comes down the pike, but I try to find some good recommendations on things. The reason I say so is, is like, just because you read a book doesn't mean you're, you're actually going to do anything. It's putting it into practice. And I think it comes back to building rapport with those that you work with, whether it's a client or your, your internal colleagues, and building that relationship to where you start having those conversations, you know, you start having those discussions and start talking about, you know, can we be more direct about this? Or can't, you know, and maybe it starts off with, because, you know, if you think about, the, you know, if you think of relationship with a client, you start off with by doing that dance and feeling each other out. But maybe it's, it's kind of just asking, you know, directly, hey, can, can I be blunt about this specific uh, situation? Because a lot of times most people are going to say, like, yeah, give it to me straight. And then that's your opening to, to have more of those conversations in the future. Brian, what do you think? I mean, again, you're fairly new. You kind of have the beginner's mind with, with how we operate at, at 33.6. What recommendations do you have? What have you seen that, that we do that works? What can we do better? You know, you've had the opportunity to see uh, our style a little bit on the sales side. Um, we've had some some one-on-ones so far. What would love your, your insights? Yeah, I, I'll first say that um, I kind of knew... You know, you and I have known each other for years, and and I knew the culture that I was um, interviewing with uh, before I made the decision. So it's, I think I've got a little bit more than just you know a couple of months of of kind of working with you on that that I could base it off of. But I, I think there's there's so much that goes into communication. I mean, there's there's countless books. There's countless seminars. There's consultants that do nothing but communication consulting um, out there. And I, you know, for me, um, I, it's it's all about who you are as an individual, your authenticity, um, your integrity. Um, not speaking on something that you don't know just for the sake of speaking. Um, you know, I think that's that's a big part of why people are indirect as well as they they want to sound like they know something, but they 
they don't really know what they're talking about, so they'll use more words than necessary. Um, and then, you know, uh, just another thought that came to came to mind here was about just society in general and where we are today. Where we live um, in a society in which uh, it's it's about ratings and reactions, and and there are entire careers of people that. Um, you know, their their entire livelihood is based off of being, you know, the snarkiest or the wittiest in a moment um, for a very short-lived, you know, uh, blast of, of impressions or views or anything like that. And and keep the, keep the long-term vision in mind when you have communications. Um, and then one, one final thing is, is that Jason, you mentioned, you know, you thought you'd have these conversations with individuals and you'd say one thing, but they'd hear another. Um, I think that that speaks volumes to just the state of mind of those that are are participating in, in communication. I mean, I, you know, we had a, a loss in the family. My, my wife's um, grandmother passed away a week ago and, and I had to take some time off. But you know, being being aware of like other things that are going on in people's lives, and the communication that you you will have with them, um, is going to directly impact maybe the way you message something to individuals, yeah. um, and things that have nothing to do with with the the communication itself, but the style of communication that's needed. And and oftentimes we don't have insight into that with people we have you know, kind of uh, short-lived or, or uh, very immature relationships in a sales cycle, for example, but um, that oftentimes will explain a lot of miscommunication issues that I've seen is, yeah. is things that are, are unrelated and, and impacting people in their personal lives that just make it harder to, uh, to see what, what the message is that I'm trying to get out. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up. Jim, have we had a podcast on that topic in the past? I know that that theme has uh, been woven into a lot of our conversations and it's it's central to uh, our culture and beliefs of, as a company that business is personal. And, and not only is it okay, we really push our, our team to have personal relationships to to Bryant's point it, it really changes the way that you communicate and um, the the outer world has said that you have to keep business business you know you can't make this personal you can't you know it's 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 not about understanding who the person is you're working with this is just a business relationship we reject that um, and I, I can't remember if we've had a conversation specifically on that topic but it, it is something that is so central to the way that we we operate. You and I have talked about it so many times. Um, I don't think we've done an individual episode on it, but yeah, it, we've oh, we, we've touched on it a lot as part of other conversations. But let me go back and look through and see if I can't put something together about that. Because me, yeah, I, but I know you and I have had a lot of conversations about it. Yeah. Yeah, I um, it just reminded me of another thing, and and. If you've you've heard this from me um, personally, I know I've told you this, Jason, um, on probably more than one occasion. But it it's it it bears it it um, it, it it's worth repeating, and that is you know that my my career has essentially been in technology or technology consulting. Um, I haven't been a soldier. I haven't been a doctor. Um, I haven't been somebody out there actually saving lives, I guess is what I'm saying. And 
and my day-to-day in business-to-business um, is about you know helping companies either make more money or change experiences with customers. And um, in the end, it's about the personal relationships that I'm building and the impact that I can have on others that that will be kind of in in 40 years or whenever I decide to stop working or retire or whatever it might be that I'll have to look back on and, and realize what I did. It's not it's not that I consulted with Nike at one point or I had this engagement with Samsung and I helped them improve conversion rates or I helped deploy you know analytics on um, Abbott Laboratories or whatever it might be. Like I I won't care about that, but it's it's that I you know I helped Jason with this client or I helped Jim. Um, learn something or other clients that I'm working with, I help them get to jobs that they otherwise wouldn't have. And how did I, how did I have an impact on them as individuals and, and spread that? It's you know, kind of the way that I've, I've lived my life in my professional life and, and career. I can't think of a better way to wrap it up. I can't either. So, and Bryant and Bryant has been an absolute natural. I think he was a little worried about joining us, but uh, naturally fit right into the conversation. So uh, if you're ready for it or not, I think you know we need to have you um, back on more in the future. Yeah, hopefully. Were you talking about the the listener being ready for it or not, or me? I don't know. That could have gone both ways. But are, <laughs> maybe you're not communicating very directly there, Jason. You're 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 right. I I do know, uh, I do know that I heard from a few listeners about uh, about John and their sadness, and they've really enjoyed him on the podcast. And um, not a replacement, but but definitely a good fill in um, for for the for the future. And bring you bring a good voice uh, to the conversation. So I think the listeners will be happy with the addition um and my point was more to I, I think you were a little bit worried about being ready for the conversation but you just naturally fit right in i think we're we're good i appreciate the opportunity and and uh, glad to be a part of this team cool. cool thanks jim all right thanks guys great conversation see ya later Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at www.33sticks.com. The 33 Tangents podcast is a production of 33 Sticks.